Hi and welcome to All Time Greatness. I'm Paul, back for the third week in a row by myself because Anthony is just going through a lot right now and he still remains out with personal reasons, but I'm still, you guys still deserve content, which you guys haven't had a lot of recently, so I'm still gonna do that. So obviously I'm just gonna do the usual. I'm gonna run through my recap of some of the key games of week seven, preview week eight, and give my predictions for this slate of upcoming games as well as give my power rankings as of right now for week seven so last thursday night on thursday night football we had the new orleans saints at home versus the visiting jacksonville jaguars jaguars came into this game hot on a three-game winning streak saints i think they came into the game entering a loss but they were at home so they had the home crowd to rally them and at first it was a slow game and then at and then at one point <clears throat> excuse me Jacksonville was running away with the game they were up like what 24 to 7 or something like that but um New Orleans came storming back and tied it at 24 and then at the very end of the game Trevor Lawrence T-Law drove the Jacksonville Jaguars down the field and they got the game like they got what turned out to be the game ceiling or, or touchdown, but New Orleans still had a chance. They drove down the field, and then the rookie tight end it was right in his hands, and he dropped it. And he even said in the post game press conference that that's a ball he should have had. There's no excuses why he didn't have it. So the Saints ended up losing. Jacksonville moves to five and two. Saints fall to what three and four or something like that, and. Jacksonville I seriously think is going to win that division but some of the key takeaways is that I'm noticing Derek Carr he's struggling with his receivers like he's arguing with his receivers whenever he throws a ball to them and they don't catch it he's arguing with them and yelling at them or like if they run the wrong route or something he yells at them and it's like a whole bunch of miscues going on but for instance like with him and Chris Olave Chris Ola he and Chris Olave are yelling at each other like every single possession once they get to the sidelines when it's time for them to be on the sideline because I guess he's not happy with the way Olave is performing even though Olave became wide receiver one the second he got drafted over Michael Thomas who has been there for a while now but speaking of Chris Olave I don't know what it is with Derek Carr but he just has bad luck when it comes to having a wide receiver one because for those of you who haven't heard I believe it was on Monday or it might have been yesterday Chris Olave got arrested for reckless driving doing 35 over the speed limit in New Orleans and I don't want to and I'm not going to bring up you know whose name from when Derek Carr was on the Raiders and he ended up drunk driving and killing a poor woman and her dog back in 2021 but I think Chris Olave will be fine it just sucks because like you're in the NFL now so you can't just be doing that for no reason but anyways it was a good game and the Saints have a lot to improve on and the Jaguars just they continue to roll so now the next game the next game that I'm going to talk about is the oh yeah let's talk about that 
So I'm going to talk about the Bills and Patriots, and I'm going to talk about the Giants and the Commanders, but I'm going to start with the Bills and Patriots. So obviously, the Bills, they're every single year considered a Super Bowl contending team, and this, that, and the third, and they play like it. But lately, the past number of games, they've been struggling on offense. They're doing what some of those offenses do, where they only have one like actual target on their team. They're just like getting scared or whatever it is. Sorry about the background noise. I'm like opening drawers and stuff. And they're like only targeting Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen's not making like any good throw. Like they literally lost to the Patriots, a team that they were projected to blow out, but also normally always beat. And the Patriots aren't playing that good either. And on top of that, the Bills were behind for the whole game. Then in the fourth quarter, took a lead that didn't matter much because their defense couldn't hold up. And then they allowed the Patriots to do what they had to do, drive down the field and go for another touchdown, even though at that point they literally only needed a field goal. And then the Bills didn't have any time left and they lost. So the Bills have not looked good in like the last three games. They won one of their games. They beat my Giants, but literally handed us the game and could have and should have lost to us. And now they lose to the Patriots. And now they have they have a short week that they have to fix their... They have to turn it around because they play Tampa Bay at home tomorrow night on Thursday night football to kick off week eight. So Buffalo has a lot of work to do. As far as New England goes, they still have a lot of work to do too. This just was a good sign for them to be able to be a team that they were expected to get blown out by. And I really feel like the Bills, they aren't a Super Bowl contending team anymore. And they're kind of starting to look like frauds because if they continue to play the way that they've been playing these past couple, these past number of games, their season's over. They're not going to make the playoffs. Or if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to make a deep run with the way that they're playing right now. The way they're playing right now, Chiefs are going to blow them out. The Jaguars, who they already lost to in London, if they ran into them again in the playoffs, would probably beat them. The Ravens would probably beat them. The Bengals would probably beat them. There's a lot of teams that the Bills are projected to win over that the other team would probably beat them because they're not playing that good right now. But enough about that game. Now I want to talk about the Commanders versus my Giants at MetLife. This was a legacy game for the Giants. They wore those fire blue jerseys that also make the field look fire and it was the Giants like it looks like we're finally starting to catch our stride because for the first time in 220 minutes the Giants finally got a first half touchdown via offense because remember Jason Pinnock had that 102 yard interception in week six against the Dolphins for a touchdown in the first half but that was a defensive score for once the Giants actually scored a touchdown for the first time since week three on offense, it was, and Tyrod Taylor had to play again because Daniel Jones was and I think still is out, but he threw it to Darren Waller. We got a score, and then I think the Giants, they got a stop, and then after that, the Giants scored on offense again via the Giants. They ran a play that like made the defense go deep and guard the receivers, which left Saquon open to catch the ball. And then he just had to beat one linebacker, which was easy for him to do. And he caught the ball and ran it in for a 32-yard receiving touchdown. And 
then we were up 14 to 0. Then after that, the Giants started to slow down because the Giants ended up not scoring for the rest of the game, but the defense made a stand because it took until the fourth quarter for Washington to score a touchdown. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's looking really good now because he has six sacks in like the past three games, but he almost had a pick six that would have put us up 21 to seven and we wouldn't have needed to have a nail biter within the last two minutes of the game to see if Sam Howell was going to drive Washington down the field to get the game tying score or knowing how Ron Rivera is possibly get the score and then go for two to try to win and then send the game to overtime if he just wanted to tie it. But thankfully that didn't happen. And we actually used Darren Waller the way that he was supposed to and was projected to be used when we traded for him. He had seven receptions for 98 yards and that touchdown, which is the numbers that he was putting up in Las Vegas. But we expected him to be basically, even though he's a tight end, wide receiver one or at least a person who's heavily contributed. Now, the quarterback controversy is the fact that we've been playing Jalen Hyatt, our our rookie receiver who we drafted this year on a lot of snaps and minus that one or two plays in Arizona and the Arizona game that we won Daniel Jones has not been finding Hyatt before he got hurt Tyrod Taylor played this past Sunday and last Sunday he targeted Hyatt Hyatt had a few deep ball receptions in this game I'm seeing a lot of people say is there a quarterback controversy which I'll admit the offense does look like it runs a hell of a lot smoother when Tyrod Taylor is in the lineup than it does when Jones is in the lineup because Tyrod Taylor is a 13-year experienced veteran. So he knows how to read a defense and he knows all the different types of schemes that they can run and stuff. And unlike DJ, he's not afraid to throw it deep and he's actually quick with making decisions with the football. Daniel Jones... While he is quick, sometimes he'll stand there and yeah, he'll he's elusive and he can run, but sometimes he'll run himself into a sack when he was already in a better position to not get a sack. Tyrod Taylor can run, he's quick with his decision making, and he knows if the play's not there, he's not going to do something Daniel Jones might try to do and force a play that's not there that could lead to a turnover. If the play is not there, he'll either run it out of bounds and live to fight another down, or he'll throw it away to protect the ball and keep the Giants with the thing. So I think the Giants are better off with Tyrod Taylor at the starter, but that's not going to happen because you paid Daniel Jones a four-year contract worth $160 million with $40 million guaranteed each year. He's your starter going forward. Daniel Jones is the guy. I think they look better on offense with Tyrod Taylor, but I love Daniel Jones and I know he's the guy going forward. Plus, Dable just confirmed today in the press conference that Jones is the starter when he does return and he and Jones both made an adamant that Jones is planning on returning this year he's doing everything in his power to make sure we don't have a reoccurrence of 2021 when Jones suffered a neck injury and although he was still practicing with the team every week he was not cleared and was shut down for the remainder of that season missing the last six games but Apparently, this is a completely different neck injury and not the same. And if the reports of what I am hearing are true, Tyrod Taylor is going to be playing again versus the Jets this upcoming Sunday.
obviously even though we're considered the home team it's a home game by default because both teams play in the same stadium so there should be a mix of green and blue in the crowd on Sunday but the Giants we look really good and our defense has been playing really well too we got six yes six sacks as a team on Sunday we only had five the entire season going into this game and in this one game we had six sacks alone two touchdowns on offense and just in general and we had multiple quarterback hits and pressures so the defense is looking really good now we just need this offense to click Justin Pugh is finally a member of the active roster but the big news for Giants today is that John Michael Schmitz and Andrew Thomas are finally back practicing with the team. So now we're going to have Justin Pugh, Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, Mark Glowinski, Marcus McKeithen, John Michael Smiths, and somebody else on the O-line who I'm not remembering. We're going to have our O-line back in the sense of having a bunch of vets who actually know what they're doing, as well as our star left tackle who we drafted in 2020, and we paid a five-year, gave him all that money. So he should be playing. Will they play on Sunday? Probably not because they were limited in practice. But it's good to know that they're back practicing. So now there's a probability they could be playing either against Las Vegas, who we play next week on Sunday at 4.30, or they return. We're definitely going to need them for that game, even though we're probably going to get clapped again when we go to Dallas and play in Dallas at 4.30. But the next game that I want to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Los Angeles Rams and the Chargers versus Chiefs. So I'm going to talk about Chargers and Chiefs first. This game going into it, everyone knew it was going to be a shootout because every time the Chargers and Chiefs, since they're the owners of their division, square off, it's always going to be a shootout. Yes, the Chiefs usually always win, but... It's always a close game, which it was. Mahomes was going crazy in the first half. Justin Herbert was going crazy in the first half. And the score ended up being a tie game of 17 to 17 going into halftime. But after that, that's when the Chargers, they just like got lost or whatever because they ended up not scoring the entire second half. And the Chiefs ended up scoring two more times to win 31 to 17. But you can tell the Chargers are a lot better of a well-oiled team when my, when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but mainly Keenan Allen, are actually healthy. Neither one of them has been hurt this season, and the team looks a lot better on offense because of that, because those are Justin Herbert's main weapons. And whenever one of them gets hurt and the other one is there, Herbert's not able to perform to the best of his ability because of it. And vice versa. Like, I don't know what it was, but like these past couple seasons, when one of them was hurt, the other one would be in. But as soon as the other one came back, the other one would get hurt. And sometimes they would both come back and both get hurt in the same game that they just both re-entered towards. So I don't know what's up with that. Fun stat, Taylor Swift was like she has been since the rumors came out and the reports are true now and probably will be at every single Chiefs game. But the fun stat is that the Travis Kelsey plays a lot better when Taylor... The Chiefs in general, but especially Travis Kelsey, play a lot better when Taylor Swift is in attendance. Because Travis Kelsey, he had 
13 receptions for 179 yards, and I believe he had three touchdowns, but he had 149 of those yards, I believe, in just the first half to go with two touchdowns. And he also had 10 receptions. So I guess it's just this trend where when Taylor Swift is in attendance, Travis Kelsey is going to go off. But the team, like, they have better numbers all around, not just Travis Kelsey, when she's in attendance as opposed to when she hasn't been there. So it looks good for the Chiefs going forward because now they're going to play the Broncos, who they just played on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago. They're going to play them again. So that's good for the Chiefs. Chargers, I mean, they look okay but they still have a lot of work to do and now we're starting to run out of season because we're on week eight now which means we have nine weeks left of the season and the Super Bowl will be here before you know it as well as the playoffs so hopefully the Chargers can find a way to turn it around but now we're going to talk about the Rams at home because the Chargers were in Kansas City and they both share the same stadium like how the Giants and Jets do taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So in this game, obviously, the Steelers, they haven't looked that good as of late, and the Rams were projected to win, especially because they were at home, but also because of their defense. But in this instance, the Rams actually lost to the Steelers because Puka Nakua, he, I just want to show him out for a few minutes. He's just an absolute dog. And I, in my opinion, he was a diamond in the rough that the Rams were able to find and draft. Every single game, he's going off. And low-key may or may not have made his bid to be wide receiver one over Cooper Cup now. The man had eight receptions for 154 yards, which was 10 yards shy of being a career high for him. Because I guess he had a little bit higher than that before. But had he cracked 164 that would have been a new career high for him. So I guess that's like something major is that he's just really good. The Rams are really good. And obviously they were projected to win because of their defense. But the thing is, the Steelers also have a good defense. So this was supposed to be a defensive game, but the Steelers actually looked good on offense. Kenny Pickett looks like he's getting better each week. The Steelers offense is finally finding the find their beginning to find their rhythm and remember, they have Mike Tomlin. So and that's Mr. in now about to be his 18th year as the head coach of the Steelers. He's never had the team have below a 500 record. They've always had a 500 record or better. So now they're 5 and 2 and I forgot what the Rams fall to. I think they're like four and two or something like that. So this was a really good game. Actually, no, I'm wrong. Sorry, going back to the, the score was the same. Chiefs won 24 to 17. I think they scored late, but I know for a fact the score was 24 for the Steelers as the visiting team and 17 for the Rams as the home team. So that was a good game. But now I want to talk about... <clears throat> the Sunday night game, which was the Dolphins versus the Eagles. Eagles were at home rocking that pretty fire classic alternate jersey of the Kelly Green, and the Dolphins were just wearing their standard white road attire. And this was a good game because obviously this was a battle of two five and one teams, two high-powered offenses, two really good defenses, and it was supposed to be a shootout. But 
it low-key was turning into anything but that because as per usual the chiefs their brotherly shove slash tush push is just unstoppable teams will literally know that it's happening and still not be able to stop the quarterback sneak and the eagles just do that to teams all game long every single game aj brown was going off Devontae smith was going off tyreek hill was going off until they ended up clamping him up because Tyreek Hill, he said before the season starts, he wants to go for 2,000 yards and have the first ever 2,000-yard season. Because remember, Calvin Johnson's all-time, he holds the all-time season receiving yard record with 1,964, which means Tyreek would have to get at least 107 to 112 the remainder of the season in every game to make that happen but he only had 85 or 88 in this game that they played and lost so that might hurt his chances unless he goes off for like a buck 50 in the remainder of the games this was a good battle too because Tua and Jalen went to Alabama together along with Mac Jones so they knew each other they're not best friends but they have and they're both they both wear number one only difference is that two was left-handed and Jalen's one of the other 31 quarterbacks in the league that are right-handed including backups so this was a good matchup Dolphins are still a good team in my eyes they're five and two Eagles moved to six and one to tie Kansas City for the best record at six and one and now the last game we're going to talk about before I get into my predictions is the Monday night football game where the San Francisco 49ers were visiting the Minnesota Vikings. So in this game, despite his oblique injury he suffered in their loss to the Browns last week, Christian McCaffrey still suited up and played in the game. Debo Samuel, however, did not play. And one thing going into this game, I guess, as of the last few weeks or as of this whole season, is that the 49ers tend to struggle in road games because I guess they're not good with handling the opposing crowd noise. So that was a big factor in this game because they ended up making Kirk Cousins, who we all know is not the best when it comes to primetime games, especially on Monday night, because going into this game, his Monday night football record was two and 10. He's not that good in primetime games in general, but especially on Monday nights. And I want to talk about the fact that the Vikings don't have Justin Jefferson and they look really good without him. For instance, the rookie that they drafted, Jordan Addison, I never heard of this dude, but he had himself a career game. He had, what, two touchdowns, 160 yards, including a 60-yard touchdown catch that he basically mossed. I believe it was Ward on the 49ers for defense because he had the interception and he just outmuscled him and took it from his hands and took it to the house the rest of the way he unfortunately got hurt later on in the game but hopefully he's all right and the vikings just looked really good there was nothing about them that didn't impress me and i'm pretty sure did not impress a lot of other people who were watching as well they probably were all impressed and i know their fans are happy for san francisco though this is not a good sign now because now they just lost two games in a row both on the road so now they're showing like they're not a good road team and brock purdy has not looked that good as of late because he's thrown three interceptions in the past two games and they all have been like silly interceptions that easily could have been avoided if he just would have either decided to make a smarter decision with the ball by trying to throw it to someone else or just throwing it away if it wasn't there 
But the 49ers, I think they'll be fine. But we were all saying when the season started, the only team that's going to beat the 49ers is the 49ers themselves with injuries. And now those injuries are starting to happen. So hopefully none of these injuries are going to be a trend or like be long term or whatever. But I guess in terms of their case, they lost. So that's unfortunate for them. But now I'm going to do my power rankings and then I'm going to I didn't do my predictions beforehand. So I have them queued up. I'm just going to do them off the fly. But for my power rankings, things moved around a lot this week based off of how teams are performing. So at number one, I gave the Eagles the number one spot for the fact that they're just still performing pretty well, although it could be tied because I have the Chiefs at number two. They're also performing really well. I dropped San Francisco to number three because they lost two games. So it's kind of fitting that they would go down two spots at four. And this might upset a lot of people. I have the Baltimore Ravens because they look like they honestly have a chance for once, as long as everyone can stay healthy to actually go to the playoffs and make a deep playoff run this time. Lamar is playing out of his mind. The team is playing out of their mind, including Gus Edwards. And they just routed the Lions who have looked really good this year at home by beating them 38 to 6 so at four i have baltimore ravens at five for everything i just said i have the miami dolphins now they might they might keep slipping if they continue from what i was talking about earlier but as of right now the buffalo bills i have at six but if they keep playing the way they're playing lately i'm gonna keep dropping them lower and eventually they might not even be considered a top 10 team anymore at least in my opinion at number seven, because they were on their bye week, so it's kind of not fair for me to move them when they didn't play, but I think I kept them in the same spot. I have the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, I have the Lions. Number nine, because I'm very high on them right now, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 10, I have the LA Chargers. And 11, right behind them, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Number 12, I have the Cleveland Browns because I think like with the Giants, there should be a quarterback controversy in Cleveland because P.J. Walker has been keeping them close in these games. And he actually, when Deshaun Watson went out due to concussion protocol in the first quarter of their game against the Colts in Indianapolis this past Sunday, although Watson was cleared with the new protocol, you can't return even if you clear the protocol for safety purposes after the three although it was only stated as two concussions that Tua Tagovailoa suffered last season. So, and PJ Walker led them all the way to 39 points and they won. So there might be a quarterback controversy there as well. And PJ Walker is going to get the start again because Watson was ruled out to play on Sunday because he still is suffering from the bruised right shoulder. If it wasn't his throwing shoulder, he probably would play. But because it's his throwing shoulder, he's not going to play. Number 13, because now that they're getting wins, I'm starting to slowly move them up. I have the Minnesota Vikings. At number 14, I have the Washington Commanders. At number 15, even though they were off their bye week, they were on their bye week, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. And then right below them at 16, I have my New York Giants. At 17, I have the Saints, but like with the Bills, if they continue to start dropping games the way that they're dropping them they're going to also start to slide more number 18 i have the pittsburgh steelers number 19 i have the tampa bay buccaneers at number 20 i have because they've actually been looking a lot better recently the denver broncos 
at 21 because they've actually started they've started to struggle now which is what we expected them to look like out of the blocks with their first season post the Aaron Rodgers era but the first two games they looked really good and since then they haven't I have the Green Bay Packers number 22 because they were also on their bye week I have the New York Jets could they be higher yes but I don't have them there at number 20 Three, I have the Indianapolis Colts because they look okay with Gardner Minshew and they're going to need to because Anthony Richardson is now out for the remainder of the year with his shoulder surgery. So Gardner Minshew is who they're rolling with going forward. At number 24, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Because of everything I said, I'm going to skip ahead and then go back to number 25. At 26, I have the Seattle Seahawks. At 27, I have the Chicago Bears. At 28, I have the Atlanta Falcons because they just have not looked good at all. I was hyping them up at first, but now they don't look good. At 29, I have the Tennessee Titans because now they have now because Ryan Tannehill's out, instead of them giving Malik Willis the start, they're going to give it to Will Levis who they drafted this year. So it should be interesting to see how he does in his first career game, let alone start. At number 30, I have the Houston Texans at number 31, I have the Arizona Cardinals. And at number 32, I have the Carolina Panthers. So I'm not, I didn't realize this till I got on the air that I made a mistake and put the Jets twice. So whatever team I didn't say, they're the number 25 spot. Sorry about that. But now the last thing I'm going to do off the fly is give you guys my predictions for week eight so i have this is going to be an upset this is going to be what i think is going to be an upset but the bills play at home against tampa bay like i said earlier i'm going to take tampa bay for this game because their defense is better and the bills have not been looking that good right now on offense for me to consider them just winning the game i feel like they could lose this game so i'm gonna ride with tampa bay i'm starting to fall off the bills train a little bit here now we have my giants taking on the jets i'm gonna roll with the giants in this one but i don't think by any means this is gonna be a blowout for either team i feel like both teams are evenly matched the jets have a really good defense as well and it all depends on how well zach wilson can carry the offense then we have the jaguars taking on the steelers i'm gonna go with even though this is a really good game between two really good teams that just keep looking better each week, I'm going to ride the hot hand and just roll with the Jaguars. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers win. Now we have a divisional matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Washington Commanders, and I'm pretty sure it's no surprise that I'm going to pick the Eagles here. Even though, because also the Eagles did beat the commanders earlier this year in philadelphia but if not for nothing last year even though the commanders were the team that beat the eagles off their winning streak when they were eight and oh 
I just see them sweeping Washington as punishment for it this year. So that's my prediction for that game. The Rams are taking on the Cowboys in Dallas. Cowboys are coming off their bye. I want to roll with the Rams, but I think just because the Cowboys are coming off the bye, the fact that they're at home and the fact that their defense, in my opinion, is a lot better than the Rams' defense, but the Rams still also have a really good defense, I'm going to take the Cowboys for this game. The Vikings versus the Packers, I'm actually going to take the Vikings in this one because Green Bay has not been showing me enough lately to make me want to consider to pick them for some of their games. The Falcons versus the Titans, this is a toss-up, but I'm going to take the Titans for this one. Patriots-Dolphins, I'm going to take the Dolphins for this one because I don't think they're going to lose this game like the Bills did. Excuse me. Saints-Colts, I'm going to actually take the Colts on this one. The Colts are at home. Texans are at home against the pan- the winless Panthers. I'm going to take the Texans. The Browns are visiting the Seahawks. I'm going to actually take... Hmm, I'll take the Browns in this one. The Bengals are taking on the 49ers. I'm going to roll with the 49ers for this game. Actually, no, I'm going to pick the Bengals because the Bengals are coming off of their bye week. This also gave Joe Burrow time to rest that lingering calf injury he had. And they're in San Francisco. I think they'll be ready to go. I'm going to take the Bengals for this one. But if the 49ers can turn it around, I wouldn't be surprised. Chiefs, Broncos, Chiefs, obviously. It's in Denver, but that's not going to make a difference. And Taylor's probably going to be at that game. Ravens and Cardinals, I'm absolutely 100% in this battle of the birds taking the Ravens. Because even if Kyler Murray played, I think the Ravens are still going to route them in Arizona. Chicago is visiting the Chargers. I'm going to take... The Chargers, although the Bears have looked pretty good recently. What's that rookie's name? Tyler Badgley, undrafted. I forgot what his name is, but he looked okay. Raiders and Lions on Monday Night Football. I'm going to take... Hmm. I'm going to take the Lions. Because the Lions are going to be pissed off that they lost in the manner that they did in Baltimore. And they're at home. And they've had eight days to prepare. So I'm going to take... Uh... Detroit for this one but that's it for me for this week's slate of games and everything so hopefully we can get Anthony back on soon otherwise for now it's just gonna be me but I I'm Paul this has been all-time greatness and I'll catch you guys in the next one